This is the GGC Life podcast. Into routine again. But anyway, at the gym, I soon found out that within weeks, that which was hard to lift in the first week, within weeks it was so easy. And I'm going, this is a waste of money. <laughs> I had to increase the weight on the bar if I wanted to keep building muscle. It is exactly the same with any gifting that you follow in. You need to keep that risk factor, that, that uncomfortable factor. You need to keep adding it quite deliberately into, into what you're doing so that you keep growing and you keep building spiritual muscle. All right? You're with me. I'm glad you all love me. Here we go. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2, 4 to 5, And I, when I come to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling, and my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, so that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. I've had some just amazing experiences where God has given me words of knowledge for complete strangers. Sometimes I've mucked it up. Um, a story that Darren often asked me to tell because he, he, I think he, I don't know why, he just enjoys my awkwardness ah. in the situation. But on his plane, planes are good. Because the person next to you is trapped. <laughs> you often have time to ponder and hear from God what he, what he might like to say to the person. And then hopefully get it in a, in, in a nice, tasty way so that they won't react all over the place. The difficult thing is if it's really awkward, they don't receive it, they get you really strange. They are stuck to you, next to you, and you're next to them for the rest of the flight. And so then it's like, yeah, but where's my book? Anyway. Anyway, I, I was on a flight, and there was a guy about four rows up, and um, and I felt God give me this word for him, and I thought, oh, well, I can't get to him, you know, it was turbulence, couldn't get out of the seat, that's all right, I don't have to do it. And uh, anyway, he ends up right in front of me in the line getting off the plane, and I somehow managed to say to myself, oh, it's all right, you know, he's, he's busy, he's focused, I don't, I don't need to do it. And then... He ends up, like, this is a big fight. He ends up right next to me on the luggage carousel. He is the man next to me. And I still didn't bring him the word. Like, I'm this guy, looks so rich, so influential. I'm feeling real. The girls might get this. I feel really mumsy of that day. You know, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm not feeling a prophet to the nation, nothing. I'm just feeling like me. I'm tired. I don't feel like I've got anything. And, and, he looks like he's got everything together and everything in my head is screaming. He thinks I'm even going to be like this really weird middle-aged lady. <laughs> I am just convinced in my head that's how he's going to feel. And I can't shift it. So anyway, Wes picks me up from the airport. We're in the, we're in the car. By this time I'm feeling so convicted by the Holy Spirit. And so I pray what I think is really unlikely. Because we are in the car, right? And, and I said, okay, God, well, if he walks right in front of me, I will bring the word. We are in the car driving. You'd think that was safe. Wouldn't you think that was safe? Yeah. Wes goes, oh, I forgot to pay the, the parking thing. You know, like, you've got to pay first. 
um, at a machine and then you go to the drive to the gate, you yeah. stick it in the thing. Yeah. Okay, he'd forgotten to do that. So we're driving to the gate. He goes, hang on, I'm going to pull over and I'll just run to this other machine over here. So I'm sitting in the car. Guess who walks past the front of the car? No. Who walks in no. front of the car? The man, I affectionately call him Mr. Blue Shirt. I never found out his name. Um, so I'm, I'm literally breaking out the sweat. <laughs> I don't know, this is really awkward because now you've got a middle-aged lady who is going to like <laughs> and chase Mr. Blue Shirt in the car park. Right? Awesome. It's just gotten, it just kept getting worse and worse. But I do it. So Paul Wears, he came back to the car, there's no sign of me because he knew nothing of the inner turmoil that, and agony that I had been going through. So he goes to the thing, comes back to the car, and we're right near the, and she's gone. I had run after Mr. Blue Shirt. He was getting his bag in his boot by the time I got there. So awkward. So awkward. I said, Excuse me, sir, but God showed me. Da 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 da. And he goes, Who are you? And I said, oh, I got nothing. I'm just mumsy. <laughs> I just said, um, Look, I'm, I'm learning to hear the voice of God, and God really loves you. He cares about you, and He cares about your line of work that you're in. You're about to enter into a really important meeting. And there's going to be three men in that meeting. And uh, two of them are going to be against you. One man is going to agree with what you feel you've got in your heart. It's really important that you go with the man that says what's on your heart. Don't question yourself. Don't doubt yourself. It's really important. And he said, how do you know this? And I said, I'm just learning to hear from God. And what <laughs> this meeting's about must be really important to him. You know, like, honestly, I am fumbling my way through this. And he said... Well, I don't know who you are, but thank you very much. And slams his boat and gets in his car. That's the end of that. And I think, dear Jesus, I, I don't know whether I want to ever meet him again and have him explain what happened and what it was about or, or what. But it felt, as I'm delivering it to him, it felt like it was really important. Like I had a sense that he was somehow involved in medicine. It felt like he was, and I could have stretched out into this, but shivers. I was just shaking in my boots, right? And, um, and it felt like it was actually going to be really important uh, in the medicine field and for our nation and for our city. This, this, this meeting he was in and that God wanted him to make the right decision for the sake of the city. And uh, so that's how it felt to me. But of all of that to say, sometimes it's just stuff just scares the living daylights out of you. And you've got to be really courageous to actually step out. And it can feel so awkward. And Darren just loves that story because he just knows how I squirm at times and think, oh, please, no, send someone else. You know, just give me the whale. So I just choose the whale. It's a cruise, right? I'm, thinking, I'm referring to Jonah. I don't want to bring that word. Anyway, anyway, moving right along. 1 Corinthians 12, 7 to 10. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit or all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different types of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. Dan McCollum says the word knowledge is a twin sister of the prophetic gift. They work together. And he distinguishes that like this. Prophecy deals with potential truths in the present to future realm. Word of knowledge deals with the facts. 
past to present. I think with word of knowledge, it, that's the thing, you know, you can prophesy, bring a prophetic word for somebody, and there's often, it might be right or it might be wrong. Word of knowledge, you haven't got a lot of wiggle room. Yeah. You haven't got the wiggle room. You just, you either say it's either a fact in that person's life or it's not. Yeah. Okay, so it can feel, it can feel more edgy. It can feel more scary because either you've just made a complete ass of yourself or you've <laughs> nailed it. Okay, so prophecy concerns the future, word of knowledge concerns the present often. What does the word of knowledge do? It stimulates faith. We see Jesus operating in this um, in his encounter with Nathaniel in John 1, 47 to 51. We're going to get into activation, by the way. You're not going to be sitting on your bottoms for long, but I just really want to lay a little bit of foundation before we get into, into doing this stuff. The following, John 1, 47 to 51. The following day, Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip, and he said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Now that would have been a scathing comment, all right? That had an edge to it. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, Come and see. Wise man, wise answer. Jesus saw Nathanael coming towards him and said of him, Behold, it is right indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered and said to him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, you believe? You'll see greater things than these. And he said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, Hereafter you shall see heaven open, and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. So you saw Jesus operating in a word of knowledge. He described that, first of all, he said how he, how he knew him, but he also said how he saw him under the fig tree. And um, faith was opened in Nathaniel's heart because of this word of knowledge. Yeah. He could receive who Jesus was. It actually unlocked faith to believe what this man was about to say. You will see, as Dan McConnell said, they're like twins, word of knowledge and prophecy. I think it's always much easier if you can bring a word of knowledge to, a, to an unsaved person in particular, and, and then flow into the prophetic because it opens your heart to believe uh, what you're about to say. Like I said, the example of the guy with the tractor tire. The fact that I could describe the, the tractor tire and him looking at it opened his heart then to believe that God was going to bless his business and there was going to be traction in this new venture that he had. So anyway, it opens the whole realm of faith. It's also a breaker gift. It broke the cynicism of him. He was locked into thinking that nothing good could, could come out. But that word of knowledge just right, it smashed through the cynicism. We need to be able to have these tools. These are the tools that God has given us on a tool belt. Now, we don't want to be walking around with the things just dangling there and we're never putting our hands anywhere near. Our nation, our city needs us to be operating in these tools to set people free and to change our cities. Amen? So you've got to be able to take a hold of this and be confident with it and move in it as much as best you can and keep stretching your oh. two people poking each other on oh, the front row. Here we go. So, you know there's many ways that God speaks to us. If I was asked around the room, 
you know, you come up with a number of ways. He speaks in dreams and visions. He speaks through all manner of music. Who's ever experienced walking into a store and there's a song playing and it just so speaks to you? It's exactly where you're at. Anybody? Okay, a few of us. Who's ever had, um, you drive by a car and the car in front of you has got a number plate and there's something on there. Oh, and it's just like, yeah, look, put it in, the number. You know, there's so many ways God speaks to us. And, and as um, Cliff said last night, God is always speaking. The question is, are we listening? Yeah. When I'm teaching children to prophesy and move in words of knowledge, I say to them, what's it like if you're focused on building your Lego and you're doing something and mum comes in and says something to you, do you hear her? And the answer is no, if it's really good and I'm right into into doing what I'm doing, I don't even hear mum and she'll get mad with me and I don't know why she's mad with me, but she's been talking to me and it's just because I was really focused. God is always speaking. Yeah, but what are we focused on? What are we focused on? He said to Moses, stop and look. He had to turn aside to look at what he was seeing. Yeah. We need to hear that again. Stop and look at what he was seeing. We'll go into an, an exercise shortly. You might be talking to somebody and something keeps distracting you. You're talking, you're having to have a conversation here with somebody, but something keeps distracting you. What I want to encourage you to do is ask God. In your heart, you're not going to speak out loud and be really strange to the person you're talking to. But in your heart, I want you to go, God, why is that tree? Why is that side? Why is that distracting me here? And then have a look and then be listening because often the thing that is distracting you is actually wanting you to look at and to see it because he's going to speak to you from that thing concerning the person. Okay? Yeah. Just um, to Jeremiah in Jeremiah 18.1 and Jeremiah 1.11 and he said, what do you see? Jeremiah had to go down to the, you, may, you probably know the story, he had to go to the potter's house and he had to actually watch his pot being formed and God said, go and go down there and look at it and I'll speak to you there. So he was speaking to him out of what was being made. Yeah. Okay, what I'm saying is that we need to be listening, we need to be looking, so looking at what we see. Are we desiring to listen? We know the word says, my sheep hear my voice. We know the word says, covet to prophesy. Are we desiring to listen? Are we going, God, I really want to hear your voice today. I want to hear your voice while I'm standing in the lift next to this person. What have you got to say about this, for this person? What have you got to say about this checkout girl just in the supermarket? We are interacting with people that God loves all the time. And God is speaking all the time. Well, we need to have our ear, our spiritual ears open. So we're not so much focused on whether the cheese is the right way up or the wrong way up. But we will focus on the person behind the counter and on the Holy Spirit so we can just be this download. We can just bring them this download straight from heaven. And they can have an encounter with the most powerful living God. Okay? So I'm going to quickly run through some of the ways that God can speak to us. Visions and dreams. Acts 2, 17 to 18. Um, is common. There's visions of the mind as well, in your mind's eye. Ephesians 1, sorry I'm rushing through this, but I just want to get to activations. Ephesians 1, 17 to 18, I like it in the Passion Translation. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. I see it like this. I see that our imagination is a bit like a whiteboard in our head. And God draws pictures on it. Or write messages on it. For years, and I mean, I, um, Jade was asking me, you know, about 
Jane's great with Christians. Anyone talks to Jane, she's just, you know, just fabulous with Christians, best Christians ever. And Jane's been driving me around a wee bit here. And anyway, she said about, we ended up talking about some of my first encounters when I was a little kid. I remember being in a room, knowing that my mother was going to come in, the door was going to slam, the dog was going to bark, and my mum was going to go say such and such. Now I was like, I don't know, five or six maybe at the time. And it like completely freaked me out because what happened superimposed about what upon what I already knew and I had no way of unpacking it, so I'm just sitting there confused. Trying to figure out, you know, this hasn't happened before, but I already knew all this was gonna happen. So for years I would see things in my mind and either it would be dismissed by adults or by myself as just my imagination. Yeah. Now we've given our lives to the Lord, right? We say, use our hands, use our feet, Lord, use our mouth. Lord, use our imagination. Did you leave that bit out? And the thing with your imagination is if we see it as a whiteboard, we actually, has anybody ever tried to write on a whiteboard or watch somebody writing on a whiteboard and it's not been rubbed off properly? And you're trying to read what's on there, but it's just not been cleaned off properly, and so you get other stuff superimposing. It's exactly the same. Please be careful what you let in your eye gate and your ear gate. If it's not clean, you're going to get weird stuff superimposing. I don't know how many people I get, would you please pray for me? I get these demonic nightmares. The simple response for me is often, and what were you watching last night before you went to bed? Come on. Come on. You know, we, we may or may not talk about keeping our sexual organs clean, but what about our brain? Yes. What about our ears? What about our eyes? What are you looking at? Preach. If he wants to give you, you're, you're asking God to give me pictures I want to see, I want visions, I want dreams, but just keep that imagination clean. Come on, you've got control of this thing. We have only got, you know, 90 maybe years yeah. of living on this earth and operating in these gifts. We want to do it as best as we can. Yes. So now's the time to sharpen up. Now's the time to redeem the time. Now's the time to actually yeah. be the best you can be. Like taking accountability and taking responsibility of what's going in your head, what's going in your eyes, what's going in your ears. Keep it clean. Yeah. Or take responsibility to clean it up. Oh, there's a mother coming out. Anyway. <laughs> So there's, there's visions of the mind, there's open-eyed visions, and now often can superimpose over what you're seeing. I had an incredible experience in 1996, seems a long time ago now, but three days of open-eyed visions. So I was in my lounge, and I was, um, Wes was with me, and I suddenly found myself standing on a road in our suburb, looking down the road, and the road was full of babies, the streets were full of babies, the footpaths, the driveways were full of babies. Now what I'm saying is, I could feel the bitumen, do you call it bitumen here, under my feet? I could take you to that exact spot in that road. I could feel the wind on my face. I had 360 vision. My eyes were open. I could not see my lounge. For all intents and purposes, I was standing in that spot on that road. I had three days of open-eyed visions like that. Now, this sort of stuff isn't... This isn't so much common, okay? But it does happen, and it's an open-eyed vision. It can also happen 
when you're looking at something and something, some people will get like a movie um, reel will go in front of their eyes. So they're trying to look at, at Josiah, for instance, and I'm trying to look at your face, but I'm seeing like pictures go between you and me, and I'm looking through them. So I can see you, but I'm seeing these pictures as well. Sometimes people see words across someone's head. Uh, so God speaks to us in different ways, but don't be frightened of this sort of things. Well, sometimes you might think, well, that's a bit weird, but just ask God, what are you showing me? Yeah. What are you showing me? I sometimes see postcard type visions, which is, and I just call them that, because what happens is like I'm minding my own business and suddenly a picture will come into my mind and then a week or two will go by, maybe, and I could take that picture and I could completely superimpose it on where I am, you know, in two weeks' time, say. It's just like it's like a postcard or it's like a photograph and it just completely superimposes on and I know, either I know what's about to happen or a, it just really gives me confirmation that I'm in the right place at the right time. So God uses those kind of visions as well. The still small voice. For most prophetic people, you may have heard of Sean Bowles, He's a, um, a, a good prophet in the States. And he did a study, he asked rather a lot, whole lot of um, famous confident fivefold prophets how they mostly hear from God. And he said it came out like around about 98% of them heard with the still small voice. Now when God speaks in the still small voice, it's a still small voice. Yeah. It's a small voice. It's often those little thoughts that will just randomly, something will just randomly come through your head and it can be dismissed so easily. Yeah. And what we need to do is we learn to grab them. Yeah. You grab the thought and you go, God, what are you showing me? Ask questions of God. Okay? Yeah. Ask questions of God. Why am I seeing that? What are you showing me? Impressions, sensing in our bodies, uh, having some kind of intuition. There's uh, one of our little uh, daughters, and she was about maybe three, and we'd go into our local mall, Westfield Mall, and there was a store there, and she would just flatly refuse to walk past it. And I, I just struggled, like I had to get past the store to get to the car park, so I had to either pull her, and she'd be crying, she just wouldn't want to go past the store, or pick her up crying to get past it. And she'd kind of cope as long as I moved as far away from the store as possible. So we battled this out for a wee while, and then um, one week I saw the sign up on the store window saying clairvoyant readings. Yeah. I bet you they were already doing it before they put the sign up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Intuition, sensing things. Yeah. I, I just, last week, I was reading last week, um, on the best ways to survive a shark attack. Does anybody read articles like that? <laughs> yeah, because it's really handy to know. Yeah. There's nobody in that all the time. Anyway. Do you know, I just want to read from this marine biologist what he said. Do not ignore your intuition. If you feel uneasy, suddenly unsafe, get out of the water. Many, many cases of people escaping encountering encounters with sharks are there because of intuition. God is always speaking. Christchurch earthquake, we got a young guy who's a friend of ours and he was working in insurance after Christchurch earthquake. He had to go around lots of businesses and people and he'd heard their stories and he came and he said to us, he said, you wouldn't believe how much God was speaking to people. And that's unsaved people, shock, horror. People that, that were planning to have ladies. He, he spoke to all the different ladies who were planning to be in this hairdressing salon in the centre part of town where the roof came down and facades. The whole place was flattened. 
and a heap of them cancelled their appointments that morning. Now girls, you know that if you have to wait six weeks for your haircut, and you've been booked in and your hair is a mess, it is unlikely that as a random thing you would just cancel that appointment, right? Because it might be another six weeks before you can book in. Now I'm, 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 I'm kidding around with this, but that's the reality. All these women in our city cancelled their appointments. It was the same in the medical centre, which was on the top of this big, um, office block that, that came down. A whole heap of people, when, they went, when the police went through the recordings that morning, a heap of people had cancelled their doctor's appointments that day. They were not there. They were expecting to find a lot more bodies. But instead, all these people randomly felt not to go to their doctor's appointment that morning. And their lives were saved. Intuition. What you sense and what you're feeling, God is always speaking. All right. Spiritual happening, we, we get things happening like Aaron's rod budding, uh, Moses burning bush, numbers reoccurring. Who ever has numbers reoccurring randomly? Okay, I just, if you, you may already know, but it's really good to look up uh, the biblical meaning of numbers if you get a number that keeps reoccurring. Yeah. Look it up, see what the meaning is. Clocks go fast, again, referring to Bob Jones when he died. Uh, the, the clock in his hospital room just started, the hands started going around really fast. It's actually on YouTube, the clip of it. Like crazy things happen. Um, I also sometimes get billboards, um, and we're driving and, and you know, there's billboards on the side of the road and I'll get, uh, say, just for instance, say something's in a 12 font, it'll, it'll throb out to like a 32 font, a certain word. And as I go past, if I take note of the word, so one word on that billboard, one word on that billboard, a phrase on that billboard, and by the time we've gone a few kilometres, I've got a full paragraph from the Lord. Wow. Random. Wow. Wow. A friend of mine was praying about whether he should um, be fasting or not, and he was and went into his local supermarket, and the guy that served him, um, he had his name tag on, and his name was Daniel Fast. <laughs> 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 Handy hints, learn to pull on the thread. We often get seed thoughts. Uh, I said to you about our grandson with, the, with that, that picture, okay, uh, that he'd scribbled in, you know. Yep. Just pull on it, and God will give you a, a seed thought. Um, just keep thinking, okay, what is it about that that I'm seeing? What is it, God? Don't dismiss words and phrases that may pop into your head that are somewhat unusual for you. I was prophesying over this man from Israel, actually, and... Um, Oh man, it was kind of one of those awkward ones. Well, I'm prophesying over him and I kept repeating the word Swiss watch. And I said, sir, I see a couple coming and, and are living with you and he offers to work with you or for you. And he's and I see him sorting through all these papers. It looks like your desk is a complete mess and there's papers everywhere. And this man is coming and he's sorting everything and it's gonna work like a Swiss watch. And I said, your ministry's gonna work like a Swiss watch. And I kept saying it. And, and I'm feeling like this is random. And then afterwards, I go, okay, help me out here. He said, I've got, um, he said, I'm the most um, disorganized person there is. And, and he had a really significant ministry. And he said, um, 
I've just had this couple come in, she's a New Zealander and he's a Swiss watchmaker and he just offered to become like a PA to me and to sort out all my stuff. But it's my, all my studies and everything are so precious to me, I didn't want anyone else touching them, but I've been praying, God, how do I go forward? And he said, and he just kept saying, like a Swiss watch, like a Swiss watch, like a Swiss watch. So sometimes you'll find yourself when you're bringing a word for someone, you're repeating something or saying something that you don't normally say. It's not a phrase that's common to you. Don't just dismiss that. It might be something that's really significant for that person. Another couple recently, I walked up to them and I said, blend and brew. And I thought, oh, dear Jesus. And then I brought this, this prophetic word for them. But it was blend and brew. And, and then um, and she started laughing and I, I said, okay, what, tell me. And, he's, and they said, oh, we import coffee beans from so-and-so and we've got a whole, strain, a whole chain of cafes. And, but the whole word was based around blend and brew. And that's what I started off with. I could have left that off, but it actually meant more to them, me saying blend and brew and then launching into the wow. prophetic word, yeah. even though I felt really strange. So I'm trying to bring some balance here. Some, it, I try really hard not to be weird. Yeah. I like really try hard not to be weird. But God will sometimes give you a phrase or, or something that is strange, but it's going to mean a whole heap and unlock something for that person. So don't be closed off to that either, okay? All right. Um, just winding this up and you will get going. When you're praying for somewhere and you're ministering on the street, you can always start with just praying, just, just a blessing or in here. Just just. God bless you, and you just see what flows. It's okay to notice something in the natural. Is your eye drawn to something? Ask God why. It might be some kind of clothing, jewelry, whatever. Ask God why you're being drawn to that. Resist the fear of making mistakes. Practice makes perfect. I am simply learning how to hear God's voice. You know, you'll never have the joy of getting it right if you don't have a go. Um, we are operating in a love-based kingdom, not performance-based. A friend of mine, Robert Hodgkin, who works with Patricia King, was telling us a story about how God gave him a word for this lady called Mary, and he he went to this big fairground and he went out. He felt he thought he felt the Holy Spirit on him. That was this lady, and he goes up. Excuse me, is your name Mary? And she goes, No, why? And so that was awkward. And so then he goes up to this other woman that he's sure is the lady. Is your name Mary? And she goes, No, get away from me. Like like it was becoming a bit abusive. And so so Brother Sadie's and he's like he said he's just really oh shocking. And do I dare go again? So he went up to the third lady and he said, Excuse me, is your name Mary? And she said, Why do you want to know? And he shares then um, the prophetic word that he had. And she weeps and he leads her to the Lord and she gets filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. And then she says, Oh, by the way, my name's Joanne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that cool? The thing is, God can work despite us. <laughs> The, the, the word that he had was right, but he got the name wrong, you know? That's all right. She still got touched. So be, be courageous. Go for it. Graham Cook says you need a comforter because God intends to take you out of your comfort zone. He also says if we do by intention what we've done by intuition, we achieve acceleration. I love that. Eleanor Roosevelt said if you want to live an extraordinary life, do something you're afraid of every day. Dan McCollum says, you are currently moving at the speed of your own obedience. Oh. I need to write that on my mirror, I reckon. Oh. Helps you step over the chicken line. You're currently moving at the speed of your own so obedience. Yeah. 
Okay, practical suggestions of what to say. So what I'm doing is we, we're going to be going, or you're going to be going on an outreach with Daz, a number of you. Um, is that right? Yeah. Seven afternoon tonight or something. And I'm just going to give you a few heads up of things to say. I often get asked, are you a psychic? I say, no, but I'm learning to hear from God. And he loves you. I try to get in that God loves them really early on into the conversation because if they end up dismissing everything, they'll still gain something. Or something about Jesus. Jesus really loves you. Jesus yeah. is alive. You know, God knows you. I try to get that into a conversation early on. And you can say something like, I'm learning to give encouraging words. Can I say something encouraging to you? Very few people will turn you away from that. Ask Holy Spirit for a word and learn to relay it, not using Christianese. Try to share the revelation you've got and not the picture. Okay? So if God's drawing your attention to a tree, you know, you don't want to say, you know, um, God's saying you're a tree. You know, yeah. and then you go on, they've already dismissed it, you're really weird. So you want to just bring the revelation, release in the picture, and light of what I said earlier on. Okay, um, nearly finished. Protocols for prophesying, especially in here, be positive, look for the treasure, not the trash. I told you about my Neil Hardley man. Uh, speak the answer, not the problem. Be brief. Be clear and concise. Practice for the marketplace. Try to not teach what you're giving, just to give it. Be kind. Keep uh, Check on your tone of voice. If you're feeling nervous, it's something really important. Be gentle, be friendly. Not correction. In here, I don't want any dates, mates, babies, or major life changes prophesied. <laughs> Yeah. Alright, it's a safe place. Be humble, we see in part. A false prophet is someone with a false motive. Also, don't get proud. Sometimes someone will say, oh, that was just an amazing prophetic word. And I go, internally, often externally, I say, yeah, God can speak through a donkey. Yeah, yeah. It's the truth. But an obedient donkey, that's the issue. Alright? You can use statements like, I had a feeling, I was wondering if, and then ask the person whether there was anything they could relate to what you said, okay? Right, activations. We're going to jump to our feet. You all right? Yeah. Good, come on. Here we go. Whoop. Right, we're going to, um, I, want to, I want to just have us practice right now with what our eye is drawn to. So what we're going to do is we're going to move around the room and just looking to see if there's something that God draws your eye to. And then when I say stop, you're going to stop. You're going to grab a person that's next to you. You're going to bring a prophetic word from what you just saw. Because you're going to be going out in the marketplace, I don't want you to say what your eye was drawn to. And I don't want you to use any Christianese. And for some of you, that's going to be really hard. But we're going to practice because we, as we practice, we're going to build up muscle. We're going to get better at this, okay? I'm going to make this brief. I'm going to... Um, I'm going to keep it short and sharp, so you'll probably only have a couple of minutes to bring a prophetic word and try to launch into a word of knowledge, um, because you only have a very short period of time in an elevator with somebody or a checkout with somebody, so we've got to learn to be sharp and quick. Okay, where you go, start moving around, looking for something God will give you attention to, drawing your attention to.
Actually, then we'll, we'll just swap. So two minutes for one person, two minutes for the other, but I may even cut it short. Give us start waving when you're finished. When both people are finished, give us a wave, okay? One hour, so we started just after oh. 11, so just after 12. Yeah. Uh, let me double check now. Okay, find each other, come on, different people here. 
or teacher hats on, on someone new and pair up with them. Alright, we've got a young man here in my right. We need somebody. And uh, I'm Ross coming. is coming over. He's just getting you. Young lady down here, my left. The lady join the lady. You can go into three if we've got an but I don't know what the numbers are like in the room. Anybody still need somebody and scream a song? A group of three if you need to. Okay, has everybody got someone? Wave if you haven't. Alright, okay, now what you're going to do is you're going to do something that's very easy to do wherever you are. You are simply going to look and you're going to look at that person and ask the Holy Spirit to highlight something to you about that person. And you're going to use that to prophesy off and bring a word of knowledge and prophecy, okay? Just take a minute, have a look at them, scan, don't be awkward about it. Try not to be awkward about it. And then launch onto that. You can do this. Go, guys.
Right, should be winding up now. Give me a wave when you're finished, please. Alright. Alright, hopefully we're all done. All done. Lean in the front, still going. Good, most of you are done. Okay, now you're going to go and find another person. So go find another partner. You guys coping all right with this? Who's finding this easy? Oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's day one in the gym, eh? Uh, yeah. Day one in the gym. That's all right, we can do that. Find somebody else. Oh, I am so sorry. I forgot to tell you, take your phones with you to record. I'm so sorry, I forgot to tell you that. I really value the prophetic words and the words that you can get. Thanks for listening to the GGC Life podcast. We hope you feel encouraged. Be blessed.